morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever type of day you're having, I hope you're having a blessed one. And welcome to Walk with Jesus. On today's episode of Walk with Jesus, we're going to talk about a few things. Mainly, we're going to talk about Adam and Eve and their fall from the Garden of Eden. A lot of people believe that their fall from Eden was, you know, it was it was selfish. It was their selfish desires. That they could not, that why are we being punished for this, their actions? Why is God constantly putting this strain of sin on us? But the truth is, is that we don't even realize, recognize how amazing Yahweh, God, Jehovah truly is in our lives. I've read scripture before that people spoke of that said, well, Genesis is written in a different manner than the other four books that are in the Pinnock or the Torah, as some people may call it. But one must realize that Genesis is written on more than likely animal skins. Probably turned into scrolls over time. Probably were stories that parents would tell their children. For if you look at Genesis 4, you can see the time frame of Adam, Seth, all the way down to Noah. How long each one lived and you can see how their lives would intersect from Adam and Seth living at least 600 years together dwelling on earth that sounds like a long time to me personally but we we go from that point to the creation of man let's start there let's start with the idea that God had that hey I want to create man. I want to create this world where man can make his own decisions. Decide if he wants to be close to me or be distant. You see, nowhere in the Holy Bible do you see, oh, then God created the angels. The angels already existed with God, but they weren't enough for God. The angels already had willingly submitted themselves to God because God designed them that way. And you might be like, wait, hold up now. Satan didn't submit himself to God. He did at one point. At one point, Satan submitted himself to God, but then he rebelled. That's where the rebellion comes in at. The rebellion of Satan from God because of jealousy. Because of what God was creating. Now, that should show us something right there that God put more effort and precedence in creating us, keeping us spotless from sin to the point that He would create this perfect utopia on earth. And we don't even realize that these things, they they are taken for granted the whole world in chaos at this moment they nobody thinks about the divinity of God nobody thinks about how God created the heavens and earth that's Gen 1 1 
And that's why I tell people, if you ask me about God, I'll tell you first and foremost, He's our Creator. He's our Creator because He created each individually item to ensure that man would survive and thrive. From the bacteria to the sand to the fertile soil, everything had perfect harmony. There was nothing that did not have perfect harmony. As a matter of fact, everything would actually coincide with one another perfectly. It wouldn't be perfect without God saying so. Everything God created, He said, this is good, this is good, this is good. Oh man, this is good. So everything He already determined, good, perfect, nothing flawed. So if everything was perfect, not flawed, henceforth, why is it that Adam and Eve decided, well, we're going to listen to some little snake, serpent, which may believe had legs, which if you look at bow constrictors and ball pythons at their back hips, while their back tail, you will see there's these two little 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 hooks that's that's a reminder to humanity of this that they did have legs and if you did x-ray of it you would see it had hip bones that's a reminder of a curse that god would put upon that creature that was being possessed by satan because satan can possess the things that have either no souls or are not guarded into the Holy Scripture. He can only suggest ideas. But with animals, he can possess them. He can possess them to create an idea in our head, utilize it. When we are asleep, if we are not prayed up, if we are not close to God, he can use our sleep to implant ideas in our head so when we awaken, we are awakened wroth, full of anger, full of rage, full of craziness. Well, let's get back to Adam. So God creates Adam. And you know, Adam tends to the garden. There's no word in there about Adam having to till up ground and plant seeds and survive and eat his own food. In fact, God's probably providing the food, the nutrition. And he is... He is ensuring that Adam doesn't have to sweat. That Adam's brow is clean. I mean, I'm sure Adam's probably walking through the garden. Looking at the fruit trees. Picking the fruit that may he may hunger for. God's like, hey, don't eat of the tree of good and evil. Stay away from that one. Adam said, okay. Now you think twice about it. So he's eating different fruits or vegetables or whatever he's not eating meat because at this time frame man does not desire or have need for that in fact no creature is eating a flesh it wouldn't probably be until after they're kicked out of the garden of Eden and then even after that I don't even believe they ate a flesh until after Noah 
when they had the covenant between God and Noah when Noah would make the first sacrifice and cook the flesh of the of the meat that God told him to take upon the ship which was the clean meat which I'm assuming would be the sheeps and the and the goats because he said get seven clean meat or seven clean animals and then there were two unclean animals so long story short Adam's not eating of flesh he's eating of trees and stuff and he sees these animals and they're all paired up and he's naming these animals for God and in the midst of naming probably elephants or tigers or whatever he's naming God sees that Adam starts getting sad sad and so he creates woman from the rib bone closest to where all your vital organs are if you really think about it that rib allowed a new life to be formed and it's interesting because you look in the New Testament and the Lord tells man to leave from his parents home in order to gain a wife which we see throughout the Old Testament each, you know, with Isaac leaving to marry uh, his wife, Rebecca. And we see each one being utilized and they're growing in their relationships. And it's just really interesting because God calls for us to do that. He says that man and woman are to become they start off as two individuals, but when married, they become one flesh again. That's the, that's how they succeed. And on a side note, I believe we must become one flesh, but now, in order for us to do so, we must have Jesus inside that marriage. Jesus being inside the marriage would mean that we're all one flesh. Because we're we're on that cross with him. We're helping carry. He's helping carry that cross with us. I'm on the left. My wife is on the right, and Jesus is in the middle, pulling us together. And our ribs are being sewn together. When she hurts, I hurt. When she's happy, I'm happy. When she's sad, I'm sad. I'm here to serve my wife as she is here to serve me. But it's not an up and down role it's a neutral role that we willingly submit to so now to Eve she comes about and I don't believe she deserves all the blame in fact it's more curiosity that she has that leads her to the fall she's probably you know we don't get a time frame for how long Eve is in the garden she just knows of don't eat of the fruit of good and evil. And we only hear of God mainly walking with Adam. Maybe Eve's never really walked with God and seen him. So she's not quite sure. Maybe it's only third person. But she knows the rules. 
she knows what she's heard and yet while her and Adam are walking in the garden and she decides to look around and all of a suddenly all of a suddenly the serpent comes down to her and I believe the serpent was probably what you would call like a reticulated python because they're probably they're some of the prettiest um, non-poison snakes that are out there and it's come down this tree and it's probably probably about I'd imagine you know 12 to 16 feet long and it's like so beautiful and she's so immersed in it and it's beauty and she walks close to it probably to admire it and all of a sudden it talks to her and it catches her off by surprise and then she begins to think to herself what what is this speaking I haven't seen no animals in the Garden of Eden that could talk and the serpent questions everything she's told and she hasn't had anything like that before so this is the first outside source she's speaking to besides Adam so in being convinced that this fruit is okay to eat she now hands it off to her husband because now she's like man this thing is awesome and I'm assuming as soon as she takes that first bite it's as if she is having this this revelation it's as if there's no no control of her mind she's then hit the fourth wall she's now into the fifth wall and now all of a sudden these thoughts are in her head and these feelings are in her head that the devil has now tricked her with and it gets more interesting than this because once she hands off that fruit to Adam and Adam decides oh well he's probably thinking maybe it's an apple or whatever and he bites of that and then he probably realizes oh my gosh what have I done the shame he feels now shame he feels is that's obviously he's starting to feel the sinful uh, emotions come in the sinful thoughts the interesting part is is that when he and his wife see each other they feel shame oh it's sinful to be naked but beforehand they had no thought of this because you think of yourself to it in the Garden of Eden there was probably no temperature it wasn't like it's hot, cold. In fact, they speak that there are no seasons at a time. It wouldn't be until Noah to where the seasons would even be introduced to humanity. That's when the first rain would even happen is in Noah. So you imagine that one. Because it would be dew and mist and what they would call heavens, which were between earth and the atmosphere. But there was not a real rain. It's interesting to point out on this note. That Eve. When she's eaten of the fruit. She's then passed it on. She's ashamed of what she's done. She's realizing that she has disobeyed God. This serpent's probably looking at her. Flickering its tongue. 
unaware of what has now happened. And what blows my mind is thinking of it, a snake with eyelids now that I've had a snake and they don't have eyelids. They, uh, it's pretty disturbing when they shed their entire eyes and everything shed. Um, but with the, with the reticulated python, like I was saying earlier, you notice their eyes follow you. Their eyes move around unlike the ball pythons. So the reticulated pythons watching things. They're probably, from what I understand, the most intelligent snake species out there. They can think. They'll watch your patterns and they will think ahead of you. They will do things that catch you off guard. If they're angry with you, they'll attack you. If they love you, then they'll love you. So how can this be possible? Because God doesn't create dumb animals. <laughs> we might say, oh man, this animal is stupid. No, there's a reason behind it. We just don't understand it. So we just chuck it off as, oh, that's stupid. That makes no sense. So God comes down because he already knows that they've done fallen from the Garden of Eden. And he's upset. You can, I can feel it. He's upset. He's upset that the fact that this creation that he's made to have free will, he's provided everything they could ever need to survive. Food, water, home, wife, husband. He says, hey, be fruitful, multiply. But they haven't yet. They haven't even conceived their marriage. So... They wound up hiding from God, out of shame, realizing that what they're doing is wrong. What they've done is a sin in their eyes. It's not been called a sin yet because God has not deemed it so. They wind up lying to God. Adam was the first liar. Blaming it on his wife. The wife shucks it off on the devil. The wife actually places responsibility and blame on the devil instead of taking it for herself. Yes, I ate of the fruit. I allowed myself to be weak to the devil. Instead of saying that, she says, This devil told me it was good. It was okay. Or Satan or Lucifer or whatever she may have called him. And so we look at it and we're like, Okay, let's fast forward. Adam, so why did you eat of the fruit? Adam's hiding from God, thinking he could... Oh, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. She made me. Heard that before. It's sad because now he's shucking off blame on Eve, saying it, he didn't do it. I don't. I didn't even know nothing. You created this. Placing blame on God. He's placed blame on God, saying God created this mess. God didn't create no mess, my friends. We create the mess. We create the mess every time we allow Satan to get into our minds. And the reason why I'm saying this is this where I'm going to pause this journey. But I'm going to end it on this note. For every action, there's a reaction, as Newton says. But we must understand that we are a part of this action. If I decide to go to work, I wake up in the morning, I decide either in prayer that I'm going to be the best person I could be at work, 
or I decide by not praying and allowing the world to overcome my emotions and feelings that I'm probably just not going to care about my job. I'm not going to care about the people here. I'm going to be a sour and I'm going to be one of these people that contribute negativity instead of positivity. But brothers and sisters, we must understand that we are only as sharp as the iron which we are sharpening ourselves against. That is why they say constantly stay in prayer. Constantly stay prayed up. So, we will continue this on the next podcast. Because this is a broad spectrum. And this is a walk with Jesus. And this is going to be our daily journey. This is going to be a devotional which we grow in God which we walk with God, which we live with God. And on the next episode, we'll start talking about the repercussions of the fall for man. But until then, brothers and sisters, have a blessed day. Thank you. Hey, brother, how you doing? Doing great, man. Can't complain. I hear you. 96.8. Going to the country today, I hope. I hope you have a blessed one, brother. Thank you.